Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back, friends. Today, I am joined again with JP and Jonathan Pecluder. JP, you're still here. I'm still here, man. Can't get rid of me. You said you said I was the worst podcast no, guest. No, no, most difficult. Most difficult. Most difficult. Most yes. difficult. Yeah, you're, feels like worst. We uh, we just got done uh, recording a, an episode on ambition, which was fantastic. And JP and I were just sitting here. And I said, "Hey, what else are you passionate about?" I said, "We uh, got to do more, John. We got to do more. Let's do more. Let's you do more. Be more ambitious." And so I'm trying to help JP out uh, here. But he said, "You know, hey." team, team leadership, working in teams with teams uh, is something I'm passionate about. And I said, great, well, let's just hit record. Uh, we have no uh, no uh, prepared outlines here, so we're just going to hit record. It's but, not like we had a prepared outline for the last one. That's true. <laughs> in fairness. You know, I actually thought about this one. This one I've, I've thought uh, zero about. But if you don't know, uh, JP is the uh, pastor at Harris Creek uh, Church. He is uh, an author. He's a podcaster. He is. Uh, you can find him on social media. Media. He's blowing up everywhere. But uh, John McGee's friend. He is a good friend and uh, was on staff here for a long time at Watermark. And sometimes I honestly, JP, I forget you're not here because you when you're in the building oh, here, uh, it feels like you know. I said uh, we. Of, I said we a lot today, yeah. man. I was in meetings up here today, and I kept saying we. Well, we, our elders. You know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, you said, hey, one of the things you're passionate about is teams. I know that to be true. People might, from the outside, look at you and go, well, you're a, a conference speaker, and you write books, and um, you are, um, you know, uh, you're seven foot three, and you, you're kind of this, you know, larger-than-life personality sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yet, I've always known, so all those things are true, minus a seven three. How, how tall are you? How six you? seven. Six seven, okay. And yet... Uh, that's the stereotypical, hey, I'm in charge. This all revolves around me. I've never mm-hmm. known you to lead that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why is that, man? Why do you, why do you exist and why do you live man. in community, prepare sermons in community, and, and lead uh, uh, in teams? John, I, like, sometimes I feel guilty because I feel, I, I feel like I get the credit of a lot of other faithful people. So I'm the guy on the stage with the microphone, but there's a lot of people throwing in to make what you hear possible. I mean, somebody handed me that microphone and the slide behind me, somebody made and, and listen, the words I'm saying, a lot of people have spoken into. And so I am an extrovert and some, some preachers, um, start with a commentary in, in a closet by themselves at a desk and a desk lamp. That is not what I do. I, every message that I've taught, uh, almost without exception in, in the past 16 years, uh, has begun in a room full of people, and we say, "Hey, here's here's the passage. You know, what do we think about this? What do you guys see? What are the interpretive challenges?" And I, I try to have a diversity of thought there. I have an older woman there, a younger woman there, uh, the, a theologian there, a creative kind of artist there, and just just thinking through all, a, a di- diversity of thought to uh, help craft that sermon. Now, this is a model. And so if you're a leader uh, in in the corporate world, in a business, a business owner, in your church, you're in vocational ministry, what I want you to think about for a second is, is what is a problem in front of you you'd like to solve? And so for us right now, like we have a space issue where we really need mm-hmm. to figure out um, how many services, what are the right service times, where are we going to put people? But don't let me influence your problem. Like, think about it for a second. Uh, you know, most podcasts don't operate this way as a, as a two-way street. But I want you to think about what is a problem that you're trying to solve right now. And it, it could be personnel. It could be financial. Um, it, it could be any number of things. 
And then I, I want to bring you to the realization that you have people, you have access to people that solve those kinds of problems for a living. Uh, they have graduate degrees uh, where they've sat with some of the brightest professors in the world that have taught them how to solve those problems. They, um, they solve problems like this all the time. And, and with experience comes expertise. And so what you can do, rather than you just, just stewing on that problem, you're in the shower, you're thinking about the problem, you're driving down the road, you're thinking about the problem, is you can actually put together a team of people. And you can say, hey, can you guys meet me Thursday at 3 or, or Thursday at 6 a.m.? We can sit around the table, we can whiteboard and say, hey, this is what I'm solving for. And you can invite their thoughts into that. And I'm just going, I'm telling you the punchline. The premise of this plan is that seven brilliant people are always, every time, better than one person operating in isolation. The ideas that you come up with are going to be better. A sermon that I write in community of, of seven to 12 people is going to be better than a sermon that I wrote by myself. If people will throw in on that, it's just better. And the problems that you're going to solve, the creativity that you solve them with, the outcomes are going to be better. There's about 15 proverbs that say wisdom comes from the council mm-hmm. of many. I would mm-hmm. summarize as wisdom comes from the council of many. So if you're in this place where you want wisdom, James tells us to pray for it, and God gives it to us without finding fault. But the proverbs, the book of wisdom says, get people in a room. And so... Um, I, th- I think when I think about teams, I think building teams around problems we're solving for. And like the the Hollywood illustration is, you know, Ocean's Eleven, right, which has become Ocean's Eight and Ocean's Twelve and Ocean's all kinds of things. Yeah. But you think like there's, there, you, you just see all of those characters play a role. You got the pit pocket, you know, you've got the acrobat and you, you've got the, you know, the, the the face of the operation, you know, the the networker, and everybody's playing a role to solve a common problem. Well, I mean, listen, that's First Corinthians twelve. That's that's the Min- church minus the crime part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> minus the crime part. That that's that's the church, right? The hands and the feet of Christ. Yeah. He's the head. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so there, it is a necessary skill, though. Uh, to be able to identify uh, those who are different. Yeah. And uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't like when I say I get a lot of credit for other people's work. It's like I don't think I've got a lot of gifts. I think probably one of my primary gifts is identifying talent, you know, and and recruiting talent. And so trying to think through, hey, who are gifted people we can get in a room, and understanding the diver- diversity of thought. When I went to Harris Creek. Uh, we had we started with a staff retreat. Like I, I met everyone at, at you know at the same time, and I can remember thinking like there was one guy there, and I thought, man, he's not going to be here long. You know, <laughs> this this guy's short lived. He just he just got on my nerves, and and uh, we just thought really different mm. about everything. You know, I mean, we we voted different, and our theology in some ways is different, and. That guy, you know, I was just really wrong about him, uh, and and he has become a great partner to me because uh, I, I really have gotten to this place in my leadership, John, where I'm really obsessed with someone who sees a problem different than I do, hmm. 
and because their solutions are different than I bring. And I'm able to compare the solutions that I bring with the solutions that they bring. And so this diversity of thought is actually really valuable. Now, it, there are diminishing returns on this is if you always get in a room and you're fighting with somebody, yep. If, yep. if it's always an argument, if it's a tug of war game. But if you can do this and create an environment where it's respectful and people can throw in their ideas, but they're not upset when their ideas aren't taken and they feel like anybody's win is everybody's win. Like those are the things that, that you're trying to create in your culture when when you do this. And so it's a lot of we language. Hey, our sermon. Hey, did you, hey, how did you guys feel about our sermon? Hey, when we did that, our staff retreat. Hey, thank you. And just, you know, giving away credit as, as much as you can as a leader, uh, I think is the best practice. Good. Okay. When I think back at your time here on staff, um, you know, for a season, one of your only roles was to lead uh, the porch, uh, the yep. young adult ministry here. And I think, you know, if we were going to, we didn't have any kind of AP poll. Uh, it wasn't like college football where we had uh, first, second, third place. But uh, I would say the young adult team during that era would have generally had the number one or number two spot in terms of um, most engaged, um, most cohesion, uh, most kind of creative, um, you know, uh, all, all the things you pick a kind of pick a category and, and uh, the young adult team would have been there kind of one or two. Uh, are you able to go back and reverse engineer like what, what that was? What did you do as a leader yeah. uh, to kind of, you know, help facilitate some of that? Man, thank you for the compliment. And there's things here, you know, help me nuance this because I don't want to be misunderstood in, in what I'm about to say. Um, the first one is is easy and, and not controversial. It's just vision, right? And so yep. you you have to hold the vision in front of them all the time. When you're building a team, they've got to know why they're in the room, what kind of problems are they solving. And, and you, you know, it's been well said, like in, if they're not making fun of you for, for saying your mission statement or putting a vision in front of them, they're not like, yes, we know. Oh my goodness. Stop saying it. You're not saying it enough. And so it was, we just came up with this surrender to God. We are changing the world through the lives of young adults, you know, and that was a big heroic vision. And, uh, and I, I remember we started with, we will surrender to God. We will change the, the world through the lives of young adults. And, and one of the volunteers goes, man, I don't like that because I think we are. And, and it came from her, you know, and she was not on staff. And so it was like this, it wasn't this arrogant statement. It was just this statement of this faithful volunteer. And so it became surrender to God. We are changing the world to the lives of young adults. And we would say that over and over and over and over and over. And we would just think about, you know, Hey, how can we do this you know more? And, and, um, and so that, that's, that's the non-controversial one. Some of the more controversial ones are, I think, you know, is, is you have to tell the story, which sometimes feels like self-promotion. But I would ask those guys, guys, listen, when we gather, I want you to say what you did. I want you to, I want you to share what God did through you. Mm -hmm. And, and just like, you don't have to give a, a, a hundred humble disclaimers, like if you got to share the gospel with somebody and you saw them respond and become a Christian, like share that story. We want to know that it strengthens the body of Christ. And I would even say, John, things like, you know, be eager to like be eager to share. Like I don't like listen, if they ask a question, zeal does not look like a long pause of silence, like jump in. Now, now, granted, if there's 100 people in the room and you're the first to speak every single time, like that, that's not going to look good. But if you never speak or there's always this pause, it, 
you know, I don't, I don't know that we need to waste that time. Like, let's celebrate what God is doing. And so there's there's an eagerness there. Um, I put a comment there? Just so I think what you're saying is create a culture where people feel comfortable uh, celebrating like their wins. Yeah. And then collectively, you know, everyone is excited. They're not threatened by that. They don't look down on you. They're eager for you to have even even more of those. Would you yeah. say that's yeah. kind of part of what you did? Okay, sure. Perfect. I mean, in, in a word, it's enthusiasm. Yeah, you're good. That's and good. so just trying to, you know, for them to be enthusiastic. And then, you know, to leaders, I would say, don't be afraid to move somebody. Like, n- nobody on your team is bad at everything, probably. M- more than likely, you know, if you have someone that's underperforming, you got to ask the question, is there a place on the bus where they would perform well? And can you move them? Do you have the freedom to move them to that or to change their do- job description where they're focused on areas of strengths more than their areas of weaknesses? If somebody is bad at something, if they are underperforming, it really is really good information to know that. You know, it's like, hey, you're not good at this. <laughs> you know, but but you're probably good at something. And you, you probably didn't just like sneak through our interview process where you're really not very gifted, but somehow we made this tremendous mistake in hiring you. And so it's like, what what are you good at? And do I have that position or can I create that position on the bus or change your job description so that you can do more of that? And then just as in a team environment, that means somebody's going to have to carry the weight that you're not able to carry. And so I'm looking around at all the players and I'm saying, well, is there anyone that can do the the things or thing that they weren't very good at doing? And you're just constantly making those shifts. It's maintenance, man, uh, with people. It's different seasons, different strengths, different times. Who needs to step up? Who who needs to throttle back here? Who needs to focus on something else? And you're always maintaining that so that the the team, the machine stays, you know, it, it stays well oiled. And then as the leader, you've got to make sure that they're focused on the right things, that they're moving the right direction, you know, doing the right things for the right reasons. And so but I think that's all in leading that team, you know, things you're trying to do. And I'll just say lastly, and you know, um, we could talk a lot about this is nobody nobody is is really motivated just to prop up a person and so if if all of the team's wins are my wins i mean that's just not super motivating man and so it's like how do we make sure the person we prop up is jesus and we're all able to celebrate that equally and listen that's really hard when when your leadership position does kind of have you pushed out to the front. And so you got to get real creative and thinking, hey, how do I share the wins with the team? How do I share the prizes with the team? How can I bless them for their efforts? Whether And, and you know, one thing that you you guys did here um, that, I, that I have taken with me and stolen was just realizing that not everybody is motivated the same way. Mm. Uh, some people are motivated by public praise. Some people are, are motivated by pay raises. Uh, some people are motivated by private words of affirmation or notes. And just like understanding like, hey, what, what makes you feel loved and appreciated and adapting as a leader, like coming their way and, and doing those things for them as, as you're able. I love it. Okay, so for those of you that are playing along at home, I took some notes here, JP. These are your six things you need to do to lead effective teams. Number one, have a vision. Um, know where you're going, repeat that, keep telling your team about that. Number two, bring enthusiasm, bring energy. Uh, let that be contagious. Let everyone else kind of share in, in all that's good uh, there. Make make that the fun. I think you made your team the fun, exciting team uh, to yeah. be on. You did that great. Uh, number three, put people that are on the bus in the right seats, and that's consistent. You don't do that one time. 
Uh, number four, you share the wins. And so uh, it isn't my win, it's our win. Uh, we can all be excited about what God's doing. Uh, know what motivates uh, different people. Uh, don't treat everyone the same. Find that. I think you study people really, really well. Uh, and then lastly, make it all about Jesus and uh, not about you as a point leader. Um, that's a pretty good outline, uh, brother. Those are off the top of your head, that is, uh, that's some really, really uh, good wisdom. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, anything changed? about the way you lead teams, the way you think about teams, um, way, um, when you use teams, any, anything changed the last several years for you? Yeah, I think it's, it's two things. One is, you know, my old self, I believe would get, would really struggle if someone was slow to get on the bus, like someone's slow to move the direction I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I've jujitsu that a little bit where, um, I've just said, all right, what is it I'm not seeing? You know, okay, great. Let me be patient here. The Lord might be actually be protecting me from something. You know, I learned this the hard way. And so if you're if you don't want to go the way that I'm saying to go, let me pause and really seek to understand and make sure that I'm not missing something. And what that does is it it usually it usually allows me to course correct some and go a slightly different direction, or even the pause to hear them out allows them to step on the bus and say, you know what, you've heard me. If, if you still think we need to go this way, I'm all in. You know, I can follow the, someone with, with the, that, the humility to listen to that. And so it's, that's, um, the, I think that is strategic. And then the second thing I would say is I want to I, I solve problems by myself too much. And so I'm telling you right now, matter-of-factly, it is better to solve problems with other brains, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's inconvenient to get those other brains in a room. And so for the sake of time and brevity and, and efficiency, you know, I just make decisions by myself and it's just never, it's always, it's lesser. It's just always not as good. And so if you're stuck at a problem, take the time to get the people in the room and, and have them speak into it because it, it also gets buy-in, especially if, if yeah, you're a church right. leader, you know, from the congregation, they're able to sit in rooms. You're not going to be able to sit in and say, you know what? We wrestle with that. Oh yeah. We thought about that. No, we looked at doing that, but we actually landed here because, and you know, it was actually unanimous and having those other voices in the room and that has saved me, uh, many times. Mm. So that's awesome. Uh, so, your first one there, are you saying that previously you probably got, gotten frustrated with dissenting opinions? Yeah. 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 I mean, like quick, I, I look back at my old self and I would say I was too quick to be frustrated rather than to see that as a blessing. Yeah. And it, and it's, you know, it's pride and it's arrogance. It's like, Hey, what's your problem? Like, do not, you can take it personally. Do you not trust me as a leader? Hey, I, I'm in the position of authority. You need to do what I say. And now I see that more as, okay, this could be the Lord's protection. Yeah. Let me go slow. Let me understand what their concerns are. Make sure I'm not missing something. I love it. I love it. Okay. Anything currently you're working on in regards to team leadership? Do you have a growth area for yourself? I think when, when, um, when you have somebody in, in the wrong spot or you're playing down a person, man, that can be really exhausting. And, um, I think, you know, it, it's, it's like when you, it's easy for me to say, Hey, get everybody in the right place. Yeah. But what if you sit in that place where you're like, Hey, I'm not sure who's not in the right place. Uh, I'm not, I don't have anybody to put in this empty place. And all of that takes time. And I just want to acknowledge that as a leader, that, that, that does take time 
and energy and prayer and a lot of times the hard work and and all of this like finding the right people and getting them in the right spots is prayer you yeah. know and just yeah. just asking for the lord's favor in those areas and i can be quicker to take action than i am the the slow contemplative prayer and so i would say i'm learning that in this season that's good i don't know this will this will pan out we'll, we'll ask this question Are you getting more joy these days from um seeing a team come together or just doing something where um you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be prideful, but you are just crushing it uh, individually. The lights are on you. Mm. The microphone's on. Uh, what gives you more joy these Dude, days? It's hands down the team. And I so, know. like, I can just tell you specific specific examples. Um, Easter, right? And so as I, like, reflect back on our Easter service this year, um, like, I had a sliver of the pie and like what made the Easter service was this video we showed that they like somebody found the story somebody else made the video somebody else directed that um, the the worship elements uh, the songs that were chosen but also what was happening on the screen and in the environment in the room uh, the there was a there was an art install in the lobby like this is what made the Easter morning a mate like it wasn't like people weren't getting in the car talking about the message. You know, it was like my part, it's like, I'm telling a story, a 2000 year old story that everybody's heard, Yeah. but it's these other components that made it awesome. And so it just like the text message I sent on the way home to, to our, our group chat, our group text was just like, guys, you know, way to go, way to throw in. I'm so proud of this family. And it just felt like a big win. Yeah. Okay. Compare that to, uh, why do I do what I don't want to do? Being a bestseller, that nobody really knows. I mean, Amazon knows, right? Like, and so they they'll give that flag, but it's like that's a lonely place, man. Let me. I mean, you can just imagine me on my bed by myself on my phone, clicking to see how many we sold, and there's no one there to high five, you know. And I'm just like sending and I'm sending a an email to Grand Rapids, Michigan, to to say, hey, thanks you know, to a team that I hardly know and rarely around, it's lonely, man. Like that's, that's not it, you know, it's just not it. And so I'll take the team wins over the individual wins any day of the week. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I asked a question cause I knew, uh, and knew the answer because when I've seen you light up the last couple of years, I mean, you, you know, you've done a lot of fun things. You've, you've spoken a lot of places, wrote, wrote books, uh, and you're not, you know, dispassionate about it. But when you really light up, yeah. When you really light up, you talk about your yeah. staff and it's, your team. It's like any any dad or mom knows that. You know, it's like it's like you can have a great accomplishment as a mother, but when you're when your kids all work together, you know, and they throw in or the whole family comes yeah. together to do something great, it's like, man, that's that's where you feel a sense of accomplishment. And so I I think that is a, a path to a greater joy as a leader is trying to think through, hey, how do we assemble great teams and get us working on, you know, uh, a, a great mission and being able to celebrate wins together. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, brother, thank you. Some yeah. really good thoughts here. Um, any other kind of, you know, hey, I, I just want to make sure I say this. Let me other... let me hear the six again, man. Just oh, yeah. You're, these are from you. These yeah. are but you brilliant. Genius. Yeah. Uh, it's a book. <laughs> You're always looking for your yeah, next book, man, aren't you? Always, yeah, got that ambition. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to have uh, vision, right? And you want to keep it in front of people. Uh, re- right. You want to repeat it. Uh, number two, you want to uh, create enthusiasm, bring enthusiasm, energy, yeah, those kinds so of true. things. Number three, put people on the bus in the right seats. And yeah. So you can have them on 
uh, on the bus and not in the right seats. It takes a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of thought. Um, number four, you want to share the wins. The, everyone uh, wants uh, team wins, not individual wins. That's the kind of team they want to be on. Uh, number five, know what motivates people. So yeah. just understand everyone's got a different um, you know, lever you can pull, a uh, different way to encourage them might be another way to think about that. And then number six, you make it about Jesus and not about you. Yeah, and, uh, people will rally around that, and I've seen that uh, in your ministry, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we can sell that to you know <laughs> Patrick Lincioni or some some great leadership Craig Craig Rochelle. Okay. We'll, we'll get that to you, Pastor. <laughs> well, good. Well, brother, thank you. Um, it's been fun to watch you lead teams, and uh, I've learned from you. And uh, I think the one that I'm just thinking about is the enthusiasm and the energy yeah. uh, when I think about you and. Uh, you do all all these well. That's one of the things that distinguishes you. I think uh, um, a lot of people are on teams and they're just head down. Yeah. They're convinced they're doing the right thing. They're yeah. not. Uh, they're they're convinced they're going in the right uh, in the right direction. They're in the right seats, yeah. uh, but there's just not a that kind of X factor of energy and let's <laughs> let's go that let's right go. there. Uh, whatever that looks like <laughs> for you, it might not be uh, like JP, but uh, to bring enthusiasm and energy. So, uh, brother, thank you yeah, and um, friends wherever you are. Uh, I hope you're moving towards uh, team leadership, um, not uh, a solo uh, leadership model where you are the hero, the spotlight's on you. It is, it's a lot more work, uh, but it's also a lot more fun. And even more importantly, uh, I think it's much more uh, effective and uh, really does reflect uh, the heart of God for the church and uh, reflects his genius, uh, giving of gifts uh, to, uh, to his body and to his people. And before we go, uh, make sure uh, you check out JP on all the socials. Uh, Harris Creek is where you can find uh, some great sermons. And then why do I do what I don't want to do is JP's uh, newest book. It's doing really, really well. You can check that out uh, on Amazon. Friends, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can always reach us at clp at watermark.org. That's clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time. See you guys. <laughs>